Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of the Endless Ranting Podcast. I'm your host, Hogdale. And, you know, to get started with, I wanted to give kind of an introduction of what this podcast is going to be. Uh, This is pretty much just a platform for me to say whatever the fuck I want about sports in general. Because in real life, all my friends aren't really big sports guys. All of them are more video game or music oriented. So, by making this just a general sports podcast, I can kind of just say whatever the hell I want. And while saying that, I've got pretty clear biases. I mean, I'm a big Boston sports fan, uh, pretty much in every regard, except for hockey, where I ended up becoming a Leafs fan, but I'll get into that some other day. But, I guess first off, let's start out with the NBA Finals, because that's probably the biggest thing going on right now. Uh... Suns and the Bucks tied 2-2 going into Game 5. Uh, Bucks fans are feeling pretty good right now, and uh, do not blame them whatsoever. They should feel great uh, winning those two in Milwaukee. Though, if I was a Phoenix fan, I really wouldn't feel that discouraged right now, because Game 4, Devin Booker was absolutely amazing, and... Frankly, they would have won that game if CP3 had even bothered to show up in a minimal amount. Like, that was a pathetic performance from him. And especially, it's concerning from a guy who, his entire career, he hasn't won dick. And, like, this is your chance to shake off, like, a quote-unquote choker label. Or a guy who can't get it done. And, like, that's how you show up in Game 4? Are you kidding me? But... You know, I, I really do like the Suns in this series because I just trust their that they have better shooters like later on in games. I trust that they'll be able to hit free throws more. And I do trust that CP3 will actually be able to not completely shit the bed when it comes to when it matters most. Like, he's had good games in this playoffs when it mattered. So I, I know he can do it. I know he can do it. But man, like, that was, that was awful. Game 4 was so bad for him. And, like, for the Bucks, like, in game-time situations, near the end of the game, I just don't really trust him that much, because, you know, Giannis is their guy, and they pretty much have, like, one really good shooter on their team, that's Chris Middleton, and he only shows up at home, and you're going back on the road. Like, I don't trust Giannis at free-throw shooting. He's terrible. It's, like, no. So, yeah, I, I... very long-winded way to say I really like the Suns in this series going forward. Uh, I was going to say in seven, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be a, a little bitch on this one. I'm going to say Suns in six. I think the Suns will get it done in six. Now, moving on to something I care a bit more about is the Boston Red Sox. Man, have they had a hell of a first half of the year going into this all-star break. And today is a very exciting day for Red Sox fans because today's the day where Jaron Duran comes up and we might even see Tanner Houck uh, again today. It was supposed to be yesterday if the fucking asshole Yankees didn't decide to infect the entire baseballing world with coronavirus. Like, you goons. It it sucks, too, because, like, from what I'm pretty sure the Yankees are one of the teams above the 85% vaccination threshold, so this is... It seems like it's just kind of like a fluke that this is happening to them. 
And it's like, I'm not actually blaming them, but I gotta be mad at someone, don't I? But yep, tonight we're gonna see Jaron Duran's debut, and I'm so excited to see him. Uh, like, the hype building around him all year has just been immense. He's gonna go, probably be playing in the center. I think uh, Cora said that he'll be hitting in the back end of the lineup. And uh, just, I can't wait to see him. It's gonna be fun. And same with Tanner Halk. I really hope his uh, splitter has developed along. I know his numbers haven't been great in AAA as of late, but I don't think his numbers have ever been particularly good in AAA. So I'm not really that concerned about it. And as far as, like, like I'll just talk about, like, expectations for the Red Sox. Like, because, you know, the first half is over. I mean, technically it's a little bit past the first half, but the All-Star break is just ending. Get off my back. And I really like this team. I really like this team. I expect them to add the deadline, so that's part of this. I don't think they're going to make a gigantic move, because I don't think Kyle Bloom would hem... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll just say completely sell out the farm, literally, like, just when he has finally replenished it and restocked it. Like, the Red Sox farm system is finally now, for the first time in a while, looks like it's in a good place. And... Like, I don't want to say World Series or bust, because I feel like that might be a bit unfair for a team that had zero expectations going into the year. But I really think this team has the ability to win a World Series. Now, they need... Saying that, they do need better contributions from their staff, like, going forward. Like, you can't have two guys like Martin Perez and Garrett Richards lumbering about on your staff and then expect to win big-time games. It's just not going to happen, but Chris Sale coming up eventually. And also, speaking of the Red Sox, Chris Sale, like, just now starting up his rehab starts. So he should be back within a month, and that's outstanding. It's like adding the secret final piece to the, the puzzle that will completely lead to a Red Sox possible World Series run. But it is unfair to think that Chris Sale is going to come back and be the same Chris Sale. Like, it's just not... It's definitely unfair. But I really want him to come up and just completely shove. I want him to fucking drag his dick all around the mound and destroy all of his opponents. It's going to be fun. And while saying that, you know, I think the Red Sox can win 95 game this, games this year. I think they're going to win 95 games. And I think they can win a World Series. Right now they're on pace for 98 wins, which seems a little high. But at the same time, I don't... Like, they just have... They've really just bowled over every single expectation that I've had for them this year. So, like, why should I keep doubting them when they keep giving me every single reason to believe? Even though... If you ask a good portion of the Red Sox fan base, uh, this team sucks, has always sucked, and will regress. <laughs> That's one thing I'll never understand about, like, the Red Sox fan base. Like, there's such a portion of these fans that can never enjoy anything, and I don't understand their thought process. Like, I get it, you listen to Felger and Maz, I get it, you read Dan Shaughnessy, can you please form your own opinion outside of them? Like, for years, those that thought process has just been awful in the Boston sports fan community. Uh, 
like, the takes, like, Felger Mads have, like, after, like, Patriots games over the last few years, it's just like, I don't understand how you guys can be negative. Like, the team's given us nothing but winning for 20 years, but eh, whatever. Irrelevant. Moving on. Tangent. Uh, the Red Sox gonna win a World Series. You heard it here, folks. Uh, actually, I should probably touch upon more serious, like, the stuff with the COVID. Like, guys, please don't think, like, oh, the vaccine doesn't work just because, like, the Yankees had an outbreak. I just think that's kind of dumb. But I, I like listening to scientists. I like listening to people who are smarter than me. Uh, I know other people think otherwise, but I know. <laughs> like, I don't know everything. And I'm not going to pretend that I know everything just because I'm fucking an asshole in front of a microphone talking. It's just a dumb thing to think. Now, moving on to something else in baseball, something that really shocked me was the Atlanta Braves are are buying at the like they're buying at the deadline. They they got Jock Peterson for some prospect first ba- first baseman, and I don't understand. I, I had a talk with uh with Brad Brad Chandler who I do a podcast with. Uh, well, I come on to his uh, podcast at some point. It's called the Pesky Report, Red Sox fan po- podcast. And he's ta- brought up uh, as possible trade deadline targets for the Red Sox being Charlie Morton. And at the time, I thought, you know, that's a really good idea, because with Acuna out, the Braves, in theory, should be selling, right? Well, apparently fucking not. <laughs> the Braves have decided that, no, actually, we're buying, because we totally can win without uh, Ronald Acuna and also the other 50 injuries to our, you know, pitching staff and other miscell- miscellaneous areas of our team. And I just don't get it. Like, usually the Braves' front office is pretty smart. I usually, like, respect a lot what they do. Like, why are you buying Jock Peterson? Like, yeah, it's a really, like, they really didn't have to give up much to get it. Maybe, like, they didn't care about that prospect at all. But just the thought process of, like, you aren't winning anything this year. And I'll feel free to come back and dunk on me if the Braves end up winning a World Series, but I give them about a 0% chance to do that. Like, your best player got hurt. Like, some of your better arms are hurt. What's the thought process going into this? I, it just baffles my mind. I don't... I, I literally... I just cannot compute it. Anyway. Like, let me move on. Let me move on to some football, actually. Because I want to talk about Tom Brady. It just came out uh, yesterday. Like, a report came out that Tom Brady apparently played the entire 2020 season on a torn MCL. Which is one of the most ridiculous things that I've heard. Like, Tom threw playoffs and, like, uh, playoffs and regular season combined over 50 touchdowns. He won his seventh Super Bowl, and he did it on a torn MCL. I don't understand. This dude's not human. He's not the same breed as me. I don't understand how a functioning... How? How? I don't fucking get it. How? Like, I respect Tom Brady so much. It's such a tough day for all the, uh, the Tom Brady's and tough crowd. Like, I don't understand. How do you hate on this man? How do you hate on this man? He's just, he's perfect. He's like a perfect quarterback. He's everything you want in a quarterback. He's a leader. He's tough. Plays clutch in big games. And... Overall, he's just a good dude, and I, I love him. 
Now, you know, other some things in football. Uh, I saw like the the odds, like for like the Patriots. If like uh, I think it's like if the Patriots make the Super Bowl, if you bet fifty dollars, like it'll return six hundred. Which I thought is uh, that's pretty cool. I might put the fifty down just in case because I really do think that the Patriots going into this year are really gonna bounce back. Now, I know some people would just call me a blind fanboy, but I, I don't really care. I mean, I watched the games. I know what I saw last year. It was a team that was dragged down by horrendously bad quarterback play, especially in the second half. Like, Cam Newton is a really, seems like a really good dude. And he says all the right things in the media, which I appreciate. Best fashion in the game. But... I really only care about your ability to play the position of quarterback. And I feel like if you're going to play the position of quarterback, you should probably not suck at it. So I, I really do hope Mac Jones takes over at some point this year sooner rather than later. I mean, even with Cam, I just think the roster is so, so stacked. But like, I, I really think this team is like going to win like at least 11 games. I really do. And you could call me delusional, you call me a fucking idiot, and you know, maybe you're right. But I love the Pats going into this year. I think the offensive line is incredible. I think that uh, D- Damian Harris is a stud, and I think that their other cast of uh, rotating backs are really good. Uh, the wide receivers, eh. I mean, I, I liked the pickup of Nelson Aguilar, uh, and I like Kendrick Thorne. I want to see what they do, though. I mean, they haven't really shown it on a consistent basis at the NFL level. But the tight ends? Like, I love Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. I cannot wait to see what they bring going into the next year. And uh, defense still really solid. Uh, I know, like, Stefan Gilmore's been holding out as of right now, and that's a bit concerning, but this happened, I'm pretty sure it happened last year as well, and I think they'll be able to get a deal done. I don't think they're going to trade him at this point because I feel like if they were going to trade him, they would have traded him last year at the deadline. <coughs> anyway, like I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted my dogs. I think they would have probably traded him last year at the deadline. And it doesn't seem like they're ever going to get a first out of him, which is insane to me because of how good Stefan Gilmore could be, especially last year to like a contending game. You're telling me like it's Stefan Gilmore couldn't have pushed a secondary over the top. Like he's still like, one of the best corners in the game, and in my opinion, is the best corner in the game. But yeah, going into this next year, I feel great about the Patriots, pretty much, overall, long good me saying that. So, let me talk about, let me move on, maybe, to a bit of hockey. Because, I don't understand, I don't understand the Edmonton Oilers. I don't get it. Why are you trading for Duncan Keith? Why? <laughs> Like, it's a horrible trade. Like, you give up Caleb Jones and a third-round pick for a dude who's almost 40. Like, he's just a few years out for being 40. The numbers say he's been washed for a minute. And I just don't get it. It makes no sense. And most Oilers fans tend to agree with me. Uh, some are in hysterics trying to defend this for them. Like, it's so clear to me, like, that Ken Holland is over the hill. Like, what are you doing, you fucking idiot? I don't... It's so... Why? I don't... I don't get it. 
Like, you can make the argument, like, oh, well, maybe it makes the Oilers better right now in the short term. Like, right, right now. I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, Duncan Keith will probably put up some points. But when you're playing with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, anyone could put up points. Fuck, I could probably get a point in an NHL game if I had McDavid and Dreisaitl there to carry me. I, I don't, I don't understand. Why? Like, someone free Connor McDavid from the hell that he's stuck in. It's so sad, like, to see by far the best player on planet Earth, dude, unanimous Hart Trophy winner this year, to have to experience this god-awful organization. Like, how much longer before he requests a trade? Honestly. Like, I encourage him to do so. Please get out of there, Connor. Like, save the precious years of your career that you have left, because you're a gift to watch. Now, let me talk about... I don't know. What should I talk about? Let me talk about the Leafs. I'll talk about, like, how I became a Leafs fan. Because, you know, I've a, my dad is a Boston sports fan. And he raised me pretty much to be a Boston sports fan. The only sport he really didn't give a fuck about was hockey. So I never really got into hockey growing up. So, like, a few years ago, I think it was three or four years ago, I stumbled upon a YouTuber named Steve Dangle. Makes great content. Like, um, he makes a video after every single Leafs game. I fell in love with hockey pretty much because of his videos. A combination of his videos and another YouTuber urinating tree, his haters guide to uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, his videos got me into hockey. And because of Steve Dangle's videos, the first team I really became emotionally invested in was the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's who I became a fan of because to me, like, sports fandom really just runs down to your emotional ties. Like, I would watch the Bruins and I'd feel nothing. So, I mean, I, I just couldn't root for them. I watched the Leafs and one day, I, I like, they scored a goal. I felt good. Like, I actually felt like, that. yeah. And I saw them take a goal against, so and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I was like, oh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this team. Like, it's, you don't really think about your sports fandom to me. Like, it's just kind of like, you just have it. Like, my dad introduced me to the Patriots and to the Red Sox and, uh, you know, lesser portion to the Celtics. And I grew attached to them that way. Like, uh, like when I watch a Patriots game, especially when I watch a Patriots game, I am insufferable to be around because I am, like, almost like an ape <laughs> because I am, like, screaming and yelling like, let's fucking go anytime, like, the Pats get, like, a touchdown or something or an interception. Like, I'm losing my mind because of, like, the emotional investment that I have in them. The Red Sox is to a lesser degree, but that's only because it's the regular season right now, so I know there's 162 games. I do get like that during the playoffs, though. Like, I'm a bad person to be around uh, to watch games with. I imagine I'm just horrible. And yep, like, the Leafs, I started getting emotionally attached, which, uh, you know, as I got into hockey, I realized... Uh, probably like the single worst team that I could have formed an emotional attachment with, especially, you know, this year, like they looked to make my life better by actually winning something. They won their division, won the North division, um, call it a Mickey Mouse division if you want, but I guess the Habs made the finals, so I guess it wasn't that bad. And they, they blow a 3-1 lead to the Habs, but not only did they blow a 3-1 lead to the Habs, but... Like, the way they did it, like, game, and, like, uh, 
what is it, game five, I believe. Uh, like, they make a roaring, they come back, they force overtime, and then they choke in the, they choke in overtime, like they lose in overtime. And then they do the same thing again, but worse in game six. It was, it was so tragic to have to watch that. Like, it, it was also a very new feeling, because the Patriots and the Red Sox have never failed me like that. And the Celtics haven't failed me like that either, but, like, especially the Patriots and the Red Sox have never failed me like that. The only time that it ever come close to, like, pain like that was the Red Sox collapse they had in, uh, 2011. I think the Adrian, like, uh, Gonzalez, Carl Crawford team. Like, I remember, like, because I was pretty young then, 2011, so that's, uh, was that 10 years ago now? 2021, so yeah, that's 10 years ago now. I would have been 11 years old, and I remember watching the last game of the season. I remember watching, like, the Rays coming back to beat the Yankees to, like, knock the Red Sox out of a, uh, a wild card spot, or maybe it was the division. Literally just tears, just crying, my young Red Sox fan brain. I was so sad because I was so invested into that team. I really loved that team. I remember that game. They bonded because I remember 2012, I didn't watch much many Red Sox games. That year, because I just felt so burned. And, you know, I was back in full force for 2013. I watched as many games as I could that year. 2013 was so magical. That's the Red Sox team I have the most nostalgia for. Nostalgia for. David Ortiz. uh, uh, PD. Johnny Gomes. uh, Jared Saltalamaki was on that team. Like, Joe Buck told in the ALCS, like... To me, people hate on Joe Buck a ton, but, like, that call in the ALCS was magical. Like, you know, the uh, the home run to, by Poppy, the Grand Slam, he just screams tie game. That shit was magical. I love that so much. Anyway, back on topic to the hockey and the Leafs. Uh, I fucking love, I like the Leafs a lot. I love the Leafs, but I also hate the Leafs. Like, I can't believe they put me through that pain. You, you guys disgust me. I really... They should purge one of the big four this year. They really should dump one of the big four. But they're probably not going to. And it's an absolute tragedy. Like, they should probably be getting rid of, uh, for me, probably Marner. Because, like, I think you can't get rid of Matthews. You literally cannot get rid of uh, Tavares because he has a no-move clause. And Nylander, why would you get rid of him? He was the only guy that showed up for you in the playoffs. So to me, it would have to be Marner, but it seems like management's dead set on not doing that. So whatever. Uh, I guess I'll see. We'll see go more into the offseason. I know a lot of people don't like to watch hockey, and it saddens me. Because I, I used to be in that crowd. I, I really did used to be in that crowd, but I, I, I tried giving it a chance. I give a, uh, any sport a chance, and I've absolutely loved it. Like the physicality in hockey, like the... The way playoff hockey comes around, like, the atmosphere in playoff hockey is like nothing else. Like, I implore more people to give hockey a chance. It truly is just a fantastic sport. Like, it's the same thing with soccer. People like soccer a lot. They think it's a soft game. Like, they get tired of people popping around. I counter with, you watch the NBA. But, (laughs) like, I I really started giving soccer a chance. Like, you know, the Euros just came to a conclusion not long ago. And I had a... 
hell of a fun time watching those Euros, even though, you, you know, obviously it's the Europeans, so obviously the United States ain't in it. But, I mean, I was watching, you know, all the England games. I watched, uh, watched Belgium a bit. And I watched a lot of Italy's games, too. And Italy's amazing on their run to the Euros. I just, I really want people to give more sports a chance. Because the thing is, like, if you like one sport, chances are you'll like a lot more of them. Because it's just, every sport has that spirit of competition. That is what we, you know, we truly love about sports. Competition is what we strive for and what we love. And please just give, like, other sports a chance. Like, I hate it when people, like, are just dunking on other sports and other fans of sports saying, like, oh, not a real sport. Well, I can't believe you watched that piece of shit. Like, it's, dude, all sports are an equal opportunity time waster. In the grand scheme of things, none of this shit matters, but... You know, like, I love sports. Like, that's what I want to waste my time on. Quote-unquote, waste my time on. Though, truly, if you love what you're watching, it's not a waste of time. So, please give more sports a chance. Just in general. Uh, like, I can't wait for the uh, EPL, the Premier League, to start back up in August. I'm a Liverpool fan. So, I can't wait to, you know, really watch them more going into this next year. Now, let me talk about something else I really love. Something I'm really passionate about. As many of you may know, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm from Iowa, from the state of Iowa. You may also know, no professional sports teams here. Probably the biggest reason why I gravitated towards my dad's teams growing up is that, you know, like, who the fuck else am I going to cheer for? People could say, like, oh, well, uh, you should have cheered for a Minnesota sports team or a Chicago sports team because they were the closest. But I don't care if they're the closest. They still mean nothing to me. Like, growing up, like, I, I don't care. Like, there's no one, none of my family are from there. Like, my dad was from Boston, so it made sense for me to gravitate towards those teams and fall in love with them. But one team I feel a very strong emotional attachment for, and it's like for all my college sports teams, pretty much, is Iowa State football and basketball, especially. I fucking love Iowa State. Uh, I, grew up, I grew up in the Beta, Iowa, which is like, Less than 10 minutes away from Ames, which is where uh, Iowa State Stadium is and where their, their whole university is located. I fucking love Iowa State football, especially. And they've, for most of my life, they've been a joke. They've been like, uh, outside of Kansas in the Big 12, they were like just a complete laughing stock. Like, Kansas is the only bigger laughing stock in the Big 12 <laughs> growing up, at least uh, in my eyes. And Iowa State finally got their guy. and looks like he's going to stay here for a long time, Matt Campbell. He's been here for years now. They picked him up years ago, and he's led the program to be actually good and relevant. Like, they won the Fiesta Bowl this last year, which if you ever – if you would have told my, like, five or, like, my eight-year-old self that Iowa State would win a Fiesta Bowl, I would have called you a liar. <laughs> or said, like, why are you lying to me? Like, this team will suck, and they suck forever. Our, our, our peak is like seven wins in a bowl game, like an insight bowl. But no, that they win a Fiesta Bowl. And going into this year, they actually have a shot at winning the Big 12. Like, Iowa State was very close last year to making the college football playoff. They were like a win away. If they would have beat Oklahoma, they would have made the college football playoff, which is insane to me. Even if they would have gotten their, their doors blown out by... Uh, Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, like fucking 
idiot brain. I'm such an idiot, I swear to God. Even if they would have gotten their doors blown out by Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson, I wouldn't have cared. Like, just the idea that Iowa State could ever come close to making a college football playoff is insane to me. And yet this year they have a chance to win the Big 12, a really good chance. They've gotten a really strong recruiting class. They got a good quarterback in Brock Purdy. They've gotten a stud running back in Brees Hall, who, like, whoever gets Brees Hall going into the NFL draft next year is going to be so goddamn lucky because he's such a stud. He's, like, he reminds me of, like, a... Well, he doesn't remind me, but it makes me think of, like, another great running back who played for Iowa State, uh, David Montgomery, who the Bears drafted, and he's really started to come into his own there in the last year. Like, he was just out of Iowa State. I tried telling everyone for years he was so good, but no one really gave a shit. Dude make, missed, uh, forced missed tackles like a machine. Went to the Bears, and he's now starting to tear it up now that they actually figured out that he's actually, you know, pretty good. Brees Hall's going to be the same way. He's going to go and be a stud for whoever drafts him coming into this next year. Now, now, while Iowa State football has been making me very proud over this last year, he's been doing the opposite. Iowa State basketball, while growing up, Iowa State basketball was pretty good, especially in the Fred Hoiberg era. They made, I'm pretty sure they made a Sweet 16. Like, one year they lost to Kentucky when they won the, uh, when Kentucky won it all, so I couldn't blame them that year. Like, I love, I love Iowa State basketball, but they have been god-awful for two years now. I just don't understand why they keep their head coach. Like, they've had this guy, Steve Prohm, as their coach since Fred Hoiberg left. And he's just been completely underachieving. Like, he's completely dragged the good name of the Iowa State basketball program. And it's a complete tragedy. And I really hope he gets shit-canned. And he will here pretty soon. I'm very positive. If not, he already did. Honestly. But whatever. Anyway... Going on to things that people actually care about, but maybe let's talk about, um, let me talk about how the Richard Sherman situation has me bugged. Like, I hate this. I hate that Richard Sherman's, like, whole situation is so publicized. It just seems really sad, and, like, it should be none of our business. I really just don't think people should, like, be organized. I really just think it's a situation where people need to leave him alone. I just wanted to put that out there. And... Like, people do deserve their privacy. I don't understand, like, when people say, like, they feel like they're entitled to see every aspect of a celebrity's life. Or feel like they're entitled to see every aspect of an athlete's life. There's such a, a situation like this, I really do feel like we just need to leave it be and just let the situation develop. And if you're going to come at me and say, like, oh, you wouldn't be saying that if it was, uh, you know, like a confirmed wife beater. I mean, I just don't... To me, it's just kind of a false equivalency. This seems a lot more sad. Like, a lot more family business. Less than a, uh, you know, a wife beater kind of thing. Like, maybe let's not throw around false equivalencies. A made-up person I just uh, fabricated in my brain. Let's not do that. Anyway, I know this first podcast is kind of like a scatterbrained kind of thing. Like, I'm just kind of jumping around willy-nilly to whatever the fuck I want to talk about. And I do apologize for that, but I really feel like doing this will kind of give you an insight into, like, 
who I am as a sports fan. Like, I'm kind of introducing you to all these teams. Like, these are the teams that I love. Like, it's, you know, New England Patriots are number one. You know, Boston Red Sox, the uh, Boston Celtics, actually, uh, probably the Leafs, the Celtics, and then Iowa State. Like, those are my guys. Those are my horses. And then for soccer, it's Liverpool. I want it to be known. It's a good establishing shot for that episode, for the episode, to let you know, like, who I am as a sports fan. Now, something else I should probably talk about is how baseball, going into this next year, they're probably looking at, they're probably, there's probably going to be a strike next year, right? There's probably going to be a work stoppage, and it's going to be a huge fucking bummer when it does happen, like, because baseball really is in a good spot right now. Like, all the ratings are up for baseball, which is, and in the key demographics especially, like, uh, 18 to, like, uh, 35, the, the, the ratings are up, which is what baseball fans we've been harping on for years, that, you know, the the fan base is just a bunch of old men. But it looks like baseball's finally starting to grow again, at least a little bit. There's still a lot more work that needs to be done. But, like, this work stop is just coming up. I feel like that could kill all this momentum. I really feel like we cannot have a work stoppage for baseball. Like, the... The Players Association and the ownership really need to do every single thing possible to be able to keep the season going and keep the momentum up. And from what I've heard from, like, a few reporters out there, it actually seems like the situation isn't as dire as thought, like, going into this year. It's like, maybe they'll be able to get something worked out. And I really hope they do, because we really don't need a work stoppage right now. It would just halt all the good momentum that baseball's built up. And it's nice. Like, it's nice seeing, like, the sports talk shows actually, like, mention baseball. Like, uh, Shohei Otani's and gotten people talking, for better or for worse. Um, looking at you, Stephen A. Smith, fucking asshole. I mean, I like Stephen A., but that was dumb. But him, Fernando Tatis Jr., the Padres in general. It's been nice to see people start to talk about baseball again. Because baseball really was the sport that I really first fell in love with growing up. Because I, I played it. I didn't get to play, you know, football until, like, I was in middle school. And uh, I was complete dog shit at football because I'm not a very aggressive person. I'm very bad at, like, hyping myself up to get angry. In football, because I played offensive line and defensive line, I'm a bigger set guy. Like, you really need that aggressive mindset. Like, you really want to be able to be like, I'm going to fucking maul you when you're across from someone. And I really couldn't hype myself up to do that. Baseball, a lot more individualistic. A lot more, like, you know, thought-oriented and, like, you know, routine-based. So I was better at it. Still wasn't that good, though. I was never a very athletic growing up. I mean, if you look at my profile picture... Like, I know, I'm a fucking fat piece of shit. <laughs> so, you know, that can't be too shocking. You know, it's like, yeah, more heavy set. You know, I'm tall, though. Got that going for me. I'm six foot three. You know, compared to actual athletes, I look like a complete shrimp, but that's something. <laughs> I, I wish the best for baseball. I really hope that baseball continues to grow. Anyway, um, let me talk about the Celtics for a minute. This season sucked for the Celtics so bad. Like, like it was over when Jalen Brown got hurt, really. And it was just so sad to see that. And, you know, Brad Stevens moves up to the front office now. Danny Ainge is gone. Danny Ainge did his best. I mean, it's good that he's gone, though. Like, the Red Sox, not, wow, the Red Sox, you fucking dunce. The Celtics really did need a new voice up top. And Brad knows this team. Hopefully he could really push them in the right direction going forward. The new head coach seems like a good a good hire. So 
love what the I like what the Celtics are doing. I mean, I say that, but nothing's really happened in free agency or anything yet. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see what the Celtics work in progress. We'll see what happens with them. And staying on basketball a bit, like uh, let me talk about the Suns a bit more. Not in, like the finals context, because like I really do have like a minor attachment to the Suns. Like I really do sincerely want them to win. My great grandmother was a uh, a Suns fan because uh, you know, like I said, live in Iowa, no sports teams here. And my great grandma, you know, she was a bit wealthier, you know, uh, in her old age. So they would. Uh, she's one of those old people who always flew down to Arizona in order to escape the winter because the winter here is fucking awful. <laughs> it's t- terrible. Like we get to, like negative ten regularly during the winter. So she escaped there and she went to Phoenix and she loved all the, the Phoenix sports teams because of that. She vacationed there for like twenty or thirty years. So you know, I always, I really just want the any Phoenix sports team. I'm usually pretty happy to see them succeed. Uh, except the Cardinals, because she didn't give a fuck about the Cardinals, because she didn't. She only the only football she cared about was college football. But yeah, the she loved the the Suns and she loved the D-backs. She was a big D-backs fan. So I want any Arizona sports team to succeed. Anyway, moving on. Actually, you know what? That's probably it. I think I'm gonna leave back here for this first episode. It's a bit shorter, but it's kind of a slow news week. So, thank you for listening the first ever episode. I'm sorry that it was a bit of a clusterfuck. I'm still kind of trying to figure out the structure of how this is going to go. I hope that me rambling on about, like, these teams will kind of give you a profile of who I am as a sports fan. Hopefully I'll keep getting better as I keep podcasting. You know, only probably, like, a 35-minute podcast, but I'm alone here, so I, I can justify it to myself. Thank you for listening. You know, follow me on Twitter. Uh, at Hogdale underscore. The reason I don't have at Hogdale is because younger me, when I was 12, made an account called Hogdale, and fucking, I lost the password for it. And Twitter will not kick that one off the site. And it saddens me to this day. Yep, follow me on Twitter. Uh, Check in. I'll at least have one episode out a week. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Have yourselves a fantastic day.